Alright guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am John Nothing and tonight I have for you more supplementary content to my upcoming book, The Masculine Framework. And in tonight's podcast, we are addressing toxicity, right? Now, toxicity in a relationship may not actually start in the relationship, guys, right? And so one of the things I want to give you is to- basically a few tools to uh, mitigate that uh, toxicity in a relationship beforehand, Uh, before you start that relationship because a lot of times uh, we fail to uh, see the warning signs those warning signs may be in the other person but a lot of times it's actually within us right and these warning signs tend to uh, propagate whenever a person has uh, trauma in their in their childhood or even even from a past relationship right and so this brings me to uh, the first tool uh, which is deciphering your your attachment style right and your attachment style, uh, as in your affinity to a, a, you know, to affection from another partner and, and giving affection, right? Now, there's four main attachment styles, right, that we're going to go over today. And uh, the one that I'm teaching you in the book is secure attachment, right? Now, secure attachment is not perfect. It doesn't mean you're perfect and you're, you're good to go. It, it just means that you're willing to work on things and you're, you're able to cope with a lot of things and you're also able to... Uh, develop and make changes along the way all right now some of the characteristics of a secure attachment style something that i'm just now at 37 years old starting to pick up on and really coming into um because you know my previous relationships uh helped me develop that um and i want to say that the secure attachment style is basically you know the goal you know once you get to that point you start seeking out long-term relationships quality relationships if they're not long term you know and even with your friends family you know not not just lovers you know your your co-workers you start to seek out those uh positive aspects of the relationship you know from the get-go and uh things that aren't positive you cut them out or you try to medic you know you try to correct them all right and so that's what i'm teaching you here guys is how to recognize the warning signs of insecure attachment styles okay now First, let me go over the secure attachment style because this is the ultimate goal, guys. This is what we're after, right? Now, a person with a secure attachment style, you know, he has he has a positive view of others, right? You know, he's willing to see the the light in others. You know, he can see, you know, you know, a guy makes a football goal or whatever, and he's able to congratulate that guy and not be jealous of him. You know, um, he's inter he's interdependent, right? not fully dependent you see what i'm saying so in other words you have a girlfriend a wife lover whatever and you're able to depend on them for certain things you know i'm not saying financially or you know whatever i'm just saying that you you understand that you're a human being and that she does bring something to the table you know her feminine energy is actually necessary in a relationship you're not some god or tate like being that's you know just above women completely you know, nothing against Tate or anything. It's just, you know, the, the mindset that 85% of the men in the world need to have is to, you know, coexist with women. All right. We need them. They need us. It's just there's no competition here. Right. So, uh, you know, the secure attachment style is interdependent. You know, he seeks that closeness while retaining his, his autonomy. You know, I do want you guys to be auto- autonomous. I want you to go out and buy that house, buy your own car provide a home for your mom when she gets old you know take care of the kids have a roof over their head you know at least if if they're not you know in your full custody you know 
and your wife, you know, make sure that she's taken care of while she's with you. Why, when she's not with you, that's up to the, the law, and the law is stacked up against this guy, so I can't speak on that, okay? Um, but yeah, I want you to be autonomous, you know, but yet be able to seek that closeness, all right? Now, you know, a secure attachment style is also flexible, you know, they're able to compromise and resolve the differences, right? So, you know, she wants to go left and you want to go right. You say, hey, look, I, uh, you know, can we agree to disagree? You know, I, I don't really uh, feel the same way. You know, we'll come back to this another time or, you know, we'll just have to cut cut our ties, you know, here. You know, whether it's a big issue or a small issue, whether it's deciding McDonald's or Burger King or whether it's, you know, divorce or breakup, whether the kids stay with me on weekends. You, know, you, you are able to reason you know, she may not be willing to, but you are still open to it. You know, you're not completely shut off. All right. A secure attachment style opens those doors. All right. Now, another thing uh, the secure attachment style is able to do is communicate the needs and, and, and you know, the expectation. You know, um, you know, honestly, the. In the beginning, you set your boundaries, you set your boundaries in a relationship. You know, you communicate what it is that you really need out of the relationship, right? And then you expect them to be met. And then if they don't meet them, then you come back to the table. You come back to the table, right? When you're secure in yourself and you know what you want out of the relationship, you can bring that up front, right, to the relationship. It's very important that you bring that up front, right? Not down the road, you know, like you, you if those are like really clear boundaries and you think it is common sense, a lot of things aren't common sense anymore, guys. We just live in a weird, cartoonish world, right? Secure attachment style is able to communicate those things, okay? What he needs up front. And he's able to listen to his partner as to what she needs. You know, you're not above her in any way or shape. You may be, you may lead certain things in a relationship, but you don't own her. You're not above her. Her voice matters too, okay? So that's the secure attachment style. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, along those lines, uh, a secure attachment style... Uh, He's able to communicate, right? You know, he's able to, you know, give and receive love. You know, it's, it's not all gruffness. You know, he's not like put off to, to the opportunity to love just because something bad happened in the past. You know, he, that, he, you know, he opens the door to love and, you know, he embraces it, you know, and it's, it was there knocking at the door. So he embraced it. Right. It's not, oh, damn, there goes love knocking at the door again. Let me, let me, yo. Turn the lights off. <laughs> you know, that's not that's not what it is. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, secure attachment style is confident and, and a little bit resilient. All right. You are sure that you can make shit work given the right tools and given the right, you know, compromises and situations and communication. All right. You are confident. You're not coming to the table like, oh, you know, my ex, she did this. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Oh, you didn't text me back soon enough. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I saw you talking to your friend. That's a guy over there. You know, he hasn't. He didn't come and introduce himself to me. He's my competition. Uh, I don't know. You know, uh, you you're over here having fun with your friends when you know I really wanted to see you afterward. Oh, I don't know. You know, that's not that's not a secure attachment style. Secure attachment is like, you know, hey, you know, you do your thing, and uh, whenever you got time, you know, let me know. Hit me up. You know, a secure attachment style is, oh, hey, uh, you know, go do your thing with your friends, and uh, yeah, after you're done, hit me up. Uh, the secure attachment style is like, hey, uh, yeah, she's probably at work, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll hit her up later. <laughs> you know, I hit her up tomorrow morning. You know, that that's the secure attachment style. We're good. You know, we like you, but we're good. You know, we're not we're not 
put offish. You know, we know that life goes on and you got a life separate from our from our own. Whether you have a ring on your finger or not, you're two separate human beings and shit's going down. And you just leave it up to that person to be mature, you know, at, at your maturity level. And that means that you have to be at a certain maturity level also. All right. So that, that's the secure attachment style. That's what I'm teaching you here in this book is how to meet those situations and look at it from a, a secured individual standpoint, man, woman, whatever. Okay. All right. So moving on, we're going to go to the second of the four attachment styles. Right. And this one is dismissive avoidant. This, this guys is the one that I myself have struggled with recently in uh, later years of my life. Um, Around 30, I broke up with uh, an ex of like maybe like seven or eight years. And uh, this is when I developed this, right? It was a long relationship, lasted throughout my 20s, most of my 20s. And uh, this, these are the characteristics of a dismissive avoidant person, right? And I had to work through this over the past seven years, okay? I developed it over seven years and then I had to work out of it over the past seven years, okay? It's not a, it's not a one, one and done thing. You just know what it is and then you just magically become more secure no no it's a process okay so the dismissive avoidant the typical characteristics is that a person would have high self-esteem you know sometimes inflated self-esteem maybe you're a rich guy maybe you're a really good looking guy you get a lot of attention from women or whatever you're you know recognized at work a lot um or you just feel like women are beneath you or whatever the case is right you have a high self-esteem but you have a negative view of others, right? That was very much me, guys, right? I I was very good at a lot of things <laughs> and uh, that gave me a high self-esteem. And I also had a negative view of others because people were doing shitty things and I, I paid more attention to the shitty things that they were doing rather than the good things. You know, I was in a bad place mentally and therefore I was willing to see the negative. Human beings have a negative bias naturally. And that, that was a survival mechanism. That's no excuse for being dismissive avoidant. That's no excuse for being dismissive avoidant. And I have to tell myself that whenever I feel myself inching back into that mode, you know, and it was a process over the last like seven or what, 30? So yeah, 37, yeah, like the past seven years, right? Um, You know, uh, dismissive avoidant is a very independent, self-reliant, you know, distraction seeking. Guys, whenever you break up with somebody, you've been with for a long time you're gonna want those distractions right you know what they call the hoeing phase right well in my case i never really had a hoeing phase but i distracted myself with tons of hobbies i picked up welding mountain biking i went back into it stand-up paddle boarding uh, i have motorcycles i do gymnastics still at, at my age and you know i, I was doing youtube a little bit uh, i dance uh competitively look at all those i mean different disciplines of dancing too uh guys i was trying to take my mind off of that okay that relationship right and you know along with dating too i I even downloaded dating apps at one point in time i I had like three of them on my phone and i didn't get any dates whatsoever it was crazy and then like in real life i would actually get women it's (laughs) so i was had mixed feelings about people i had a negative view of women i had a negative view of my friends that were women i had a negative view of you know, the people that I was dating, because I was getting really bad uh, replies and stuff whenever I did get, you know, responses. And I was like, wow, I've been off these dating apps since they were invented. And now that I'm on them, wow, this world sucks, you know, negative view, right? 
with distractions all over the place, you know, um, you know, a dismissive avoidant person, you know, uh, definitely carries those qualities. Uh, some of the other ones, maybe not so much like deactivating strategies. Um, yes, I've done that at times. Like, you know, somebody, uh, sends me a long ass fucking book, you know, of text messages and, you know, I just basically, (laughs) tuned out (laughs) didn't respond for a whole day or whatever you know let them simmer on that you know seeks emotional and physical distance uh that's another thing that we tend to do um yeah when i broke up with my ex i moved a city away she moved a state all right and um i didn't date anybody immediately afterwards i didn't do the rebound thing I just basically went on a bunch of adventures and I was taking people with them to kind of inflate my own ego, you know, like, oh yeah, come with me. I'm, I'm a fun guy, you know, that type of shit. <laughs> and that was a dark fucking time for me. And, uh, you know, I had resentment towards a whole fucking gender. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of you guys can relate to that shit. You know, it's like, man, why is the world like this? You know, and you, you're pointing the finger, pointing the finger, pointing the finger. That's not, that's not the answer, you know? So... Yeah, uh, dismissive avoidant will have deactivating strategies and seek emotional and physical distance, right? Um, and basically, they minimize the benefits of having a relationship and creates like this sort of like ambivalence, you know, to, to relationships and whatnot. And that was me. You know, I was independent. I had money. You know, I, I was living on my own. Uh, you know, I have a good relationship with my parents and my family still. Um, and the need for a relationship i didn't really see it right and so i said to myself oh well since uh you know since i got all these things going for me i'll just wait for a relationship to come along you know um and also when i would listen to other people's feelings about certain subjects and uh give them advice on it but at the same time you know you know i wasn't really listening to myself you know that's another thing that dismissive avoidant people do is that they repress their feelings you know, and men in particular, we know about repressing feelings. We know very well, right? And, you know, we don't cry. We go decades without crying. We go decades. I, I've gone to 18 plus funerals over the past, like, couple of decades. And I, I don't think, I, I think I cried at maybe two of them. And, like, those these are like crocodile tears. These are like, you know, watery-eyed type situations. Not like full-on bawling. You know, we repress our feelings as a, as a whole gender, uh, maybe not so much worldwide, but definitely here in the westernized world, men are known for that, you know, repressing feelings, even in really sad conditions, you know. Um, I don't think I've ever cried in front of a girl. Um, maybe one time uh, with my ex uh, in, in my 20s. Yeah, I, think that, I think I did that one time. I, 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 yeah, I must have. Yeah. But yeah, I've never, we repress our feelings all the time. All right. So the next uh, of the insecure type of attachment style um, is preoccupied anxious, right? Now, the preoccupied anxious, uh, these are the clingy types. These, these are the, the real clingy types. They need this, uh, the constant reassurance, right? You know, they, they, um, they, they have lower, lower self-esteem. You know, they might not even know that they have low self-esteem. It just, it might be spurred on by something you know maybe there's something that triggers that low self-esteem at times and so you don't even recognize that they have so low self-esteem until something triggers it right 
and uh they may not even know it themselves because they think highly of themselves and they don't realize that when they hit their lows they really do hit their lows right um they typically do have a positive view of others you know they they actually do want relationships with others and they seek it they need it they need that constant validation they need to be loved by somebody they need to feel it um they you know they need excessive closeness you know they need to know where you're at when you're at you know they need to know that you're going to be there they need you know they're basically uh i mean i'm basically trying to describe clingy in different ways guys at this point you know um they they fixate on their partners you see what i'm saying uh, they, they're kind of demanding, you know, they, you know, whenever you don't <laughs> do the things that they want, um, they let you know, um, and they're like, oh, but they, it's not an attack. It's usually, it's usually, what's the best way? Um, guilt tripping, guilt tripping is what I, the word I was looking for. They'll guilt trip you and be like, oh, you don't love me no more. You know, I, I shouldn't say it like that, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. Is that like. Uh, a person that's super clingy will make you feel like you're doing them wrong by just being normal. You know, uh, you know, you were busy and so you didn't get back to the message on time. You were working in a warehouse and you can't have your phone on you. That's why you didn't reply. It was 3:45 a.m. You were asleep. That's why you didn't reply. You know, um, you were in front of friends. You were out hanging out with friends and you didn't respond to their meme or whatever. You know, it's, it's 10 o'clock on a Friday night and she sends you a meme and you didn't laugh at it or respond to it or even like acknowledge that it was even sent. You might have seen it in your notifications, but you got your friends in front of you and it's rude to have your phone out in front of your friends when you guys are, you know, out there chilling. Um, so she takes offense to that. You know, uh, they're taking time away from me. You know, they they're 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 more of a distraction to you. You know, they but you, but you get what I'm saying, right? Um. You know, um, they, they basically maximize the threats to your relationship. You know, uh, it, it's like you have a friend that's a girl. You have a friend that's a guy. The friend that's a guy is distracting you from the relationship. The friend that's a girl, oh, you must really like her. The friend that's a, the, the co-worker, you know, uh, something's going on there, you know, or, or you using work as an excuse to not come home. Like, there's something about me. That's the preoccupied anxious. All right. Um, and those things stem from previous relationships and childhood. Now, the uh, the aspect where these different attachment, the insecure attachment styles um, develop in childhood, we'll go over that in another um, podcast episode. It's important that we understand where these toxicities, um, you know, these pollutants in your relationships come from. If they if they actually do come from childhood, so we will we will discuss that in in the book. Um, in the very beginning, I discussed the development of masculinity, and one of the things that I need to mention is uh, you know your relationship with your primary caregiver, grandma, mom, dad. Was mom and dad there? Was grandpa and grandma there? Who raised you? Your, your, your aunts and uncles? Was it your older brother, older sister? Those different dynamics will dictate you know how you develop right and how much attention you could have got if you are a middle child if you are the oldest if you are the youngest if you are one of seven kids and your parents can't split cells you know maybe it was just one parent seven kids you know i went over in another podcast that if you're black or hispanic 
you know, you were probably raised by a single mom. If you're black, one out of two of you, one out of two of you were raised by a single mom. And if you have multiple siblings, yeah, she can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. So you probably developed a whole lot of insecurities. All right. And you're bringing them into your relationships and the cycle is perpetuating. Okay. So we're going to go over that in another uh, uh, podcast episode on primary caregiver relationship and how it relates to these attachment styles, um, these four main attachment styles and how they developed into your, uh, your, your adult relationship. All right. Um, and so, uh, you know, let, let's, let's go into the, probably the worst of the four, uh, attachment styles, the worst. And this is a dangerous territory guys. Uh, this is fearful avoidant or disorganized avoidant, um, attachment style. And they too, uh, like to preoccupied anxious. They too have a low self-esteem, right? But instead of having a positive view of others, right? Like how the, uh, the preoccupied would, like how they, you know, they're ready for those relationships. They, they automatically have a negative view of others. They, they have those trust issues from past relationships or not having a relationship. Past relationships or not having a relationship. They have those negative point of views of others. It's automatically, oh, well, <laughs> well what the fuck is this? You know, um, they want the closeness. They do. They actually do. But they're, they're, they're scared by it. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're terrified of it. And uh, this sounds contradictory, and it absolutely is. And that that contradictory, you know, nature is unpredictable. So a person that meets, you know, a, a person who's fearful avoidant, right? They seem all over the place. They seem like they have some other type of mental illness. But that unpredictability, you know, like you weren't like this two seconds ago. What what triggered you? You know, um, when you when you see those in a, in a person, you, you say to yourself, "Damn, was it was it your ex? Was it was it your dad? Was it what the fuck was that? You know, what's going on here, guys?" Yeah. Um, they want the closest, but they, they're, they're actually terrified by it. And so they act out, you know, they, they maximize the threats, to, you know, to you know, minify, minimize the benefits of the relationships. You know, they, they're really withdrawn. Um, you know, they can't see the light in people. Um, if there is some sort of a person around man, woman, you know, um, they're automatically a threat, even family members. Yes. Even family members. So, you know, your cousin that sleeps on a couch, your cousin, you know, <laughs> I don't know, your sister calling you, you know, is, is you know, you, you hear about men that take women in a lope and the family thinks that, you know, the guy took the the, guy, the girl away from the, the family and is keeping her away and doesn't allow her to contact. Those guys actually do exist. They really do. Um, don't become the, those guys, you know, where you finally got a wife and so, you know, and you don't like her family, her family doesn't like you for whatever reason, and you guys elope, and you basically keep her away from whomsoever, you are abusing her, okay, that is abuse, um, or your wife doesn't want you to be out past a certain time, because she thinks that you're gonna be cheating on her, or whatever, um, because of what happened in her past relationship, that, guys, that is another form of abuse, that is some form of abuse that comes from fearful avoidance, uh, avoiding attachment styles, and, um, they need work, and if you go through that for a time, you're going to need work too. All right. You need to come to terms with that and recognize what it is. You're going to need a therapist. You're going to need to talk to somebody. You need a friend that also recognizes those things. Maybe you guys sit down together for therapy and maybe you sit by yourself for one. You know, it's 
And um, look, they, the fearful avoidant can be overwhelmed by emotions and they're prone to disassociation, right? They're overwhelmed by emotions, right? And when you try to confront them, sit them down, they're going to be abrasive. They're going to be abrasive. They're going to be like, oh, you're trying to start a fight with me? Oh, what is this? Oh, you don't like this? You know, oh, all of a sudden, you know, you feel like this. You can't even come to the table with them at times. And they're unapologetic, guys. They're, they're, a lot of times they're unapologetic. They don't even see what they're doing is wrong. There's not very much you can do to salvage a relationship with a fearful, avoidant person. They actually need to recognize within themselves that they have a problem and want to fix themselves. This is one of those relationships that I cannot confidently tell you to uh, try to repair. If you recognize it now and you've been in a relationship for years, then you have work to do. And that person also has work to do, but they also have to want to do the work. And this is going to be either a salvage operation or cutting your ties because this these these types of relationships are dangerous. All right. These are the ones that lead to, you know, double suicide type of thing, type of situations. These are the type of things that lead to vindictive behavior, you know, damaging behavior, um, you know, where they tear down their partner, alimony and child support. And, you know, uh, where you, you guys separate separate and you guys have kids and uh she doesn't want you to see the kids for whatever reason um she doesn't she wants you to pay a whole bunch of money and she wants you to take care of all kinds of things out of these tendencies that never got uh worked on while you were in a relationship and even before you guys were even in a relationship that's what we see here with the fearful avoidant these are people that need work before they can start you know even approaching having relationships right the other two the dismissive avoidant and the preoccupied anxious right they need work but they're not as bad as fearful avoidant fearful avoidant is the scariest one preoccupied anxious people uh they need to work on autonomy and being alone for two seconds with themselves you know um and also seeing that you know another human being isn't their property they can't stop being so possessive and, and clingy they need some sort of autonomy within their heart and mind you know um dismissive avoidant need a little less autonomy they need to learn to just you know to rely a little bit on others for like i don't confide in people very much even today you know i don't but i, I do confide in people when i get the opportunity or i feel that it, it's a it's a good time to and so I, that's one of the things that I, I've worked on from transitioning from dismissive avoided to secure is that when I have those sit downs with, you know, my significant others and I try to open up to them, if they're not receptive, then I'll stop, you know, saying things that are really, really personal. But if they are receptive, then I'll, I'll let them know, you know, I'll let them know, you know, this is how I feel about this or this and that, you know, and it's not take it or leave it like it used to be. It's not take it or leave it. It's. Hey, uh, you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I dealt with this in the past. And, you know, I still need to work on these type of things, you know. Uh, so transitioning out of dismissive avoidance to secure, uh, you know, attachment, you just work on those individual points and you actually make it. Same with preoccupied, anxious, but fearful avoidant is one of those where you need external help and internal work. All right. So that's what I have for you guys today. Just a quick, uh, you know, 30 minute, you know, shot at, um, hey, 
we all need work and our relationships could all use a little bit of touching up you know going into our next relationships and uh we need to be able to recognize these things in ourselves and in our partners in order to mitigate toxicity all right i'm john nothing i'm out and uh check out my book coming out august 28th the masculine framework Thank mm-hmm. you.